Hello and welcome to episode, I want to say three, but it could be episode four of the SWBC main show. Uh, Today we're going to be chatting all things Star Wars comics and I am joined by two wonderful guests to talk about comics. Uh, I'm Dan, I should probably introduce myself as well, uh, at Vader's Castle Library on Instagram. And we have Chris, aka SW Book Collector, aka Chris Davis. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all of those things. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. Hello. And we have John Lee, who is a former podcasting guru who uh, co-hosted Life of Vader's Castle with me all that time ago, and I've dragged him back to do podcasts again. John, how are you? Hi. Yeah, all, all good. Been dragged out retirement, dusted off the <laughs> microphone and the headphones. I'm too old for this shit. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bursting with Star Wars knowledge and no one would listen to me anymore, so I thought I'd have to come back on here. Just to get Just stand on street corners. <laughs> my soapbox. Well, we're going to be talking about Star Wars comics today, so that's why I've got you in, John, because I know you're a, a comic reader, and Chris, I know you're a comics aficionado as well. Uh, canon uh, comics aficionado, not something Canon comics me. aficionado, which is what we'll be talking about today. We will be talking about canon comics, because if we were trying to talk about Legends comics, I would have nothing to say. I'll be like, let me talk about the six I've read. <laughs> I'll talk about the the one that I've read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so yeah, just for a bit of context, uh Star Wars Canon Comics technically started in 2014 with Darth Maul son of Daphomir, but officially started in 2015 when Marvel took over the publishing of Star Wars comics from Dark Horse. And since then they've released a hell of a lot of Marvel comics and IDW and Dark Horse have also had their go at publishing Star Wars comics as well, but they're mostly focusing on the all-ages side of the publishing. But Marvel is the main beast in it. Um, So I'm just going to kick things off. I'll start with you, John. Where did your Star Wars comic journey begin? Um, An excellent question. An excellent question. And uh... (laughs) 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 Kick us off off at the start. And uh, to be honest, actually, it's controversial after that intro of yours, but my very first Star Wars comic, uh, my brother bought, and it is actually a Legends comic, because it was back when I was all six, seven, and I don't think, obviously, the canon comics are started by them. Um, And it was something called Star Wars Rebellion, My Brother, My Enemy. Interesting story. One of uh, Luke Skywalker's childhood friends becomes quite a high-ranking official in the Empire. That's about whether you can trust him to join the rebellion and. I think I've read that. It's, it's, it's actually quite good. I mean, the, the six, seven year old me really enjoyed it. I don't think I've actually read it since. So, uh... <laughs> to us, I'm impressed you remembered <laughs> what yeah. it was about. The full title and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it right in front of me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. All right. <laughs> Done his homework. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was it. And obviously, um, got back into it once it all kicked off again. Um, few years later, I mean, it was very handy that Marvel took it over because uh, I could obviously jump onto Marvel Unlimited and read as many Star Wars stuff as to my heart's content as long as it's on there. So, um, yeah, that's a quick, brief intro to my Star Wars journey. Lovely stuff. And Chris, what about you? Um, well, I started collecting the canon books 
around about the time they started, really. Dropped off a little bit with Tarkin, because I hated that book originally, and it kind of killed it for me for about two years. Um, but then when I got back into it, and I started to buy all the books, buy all the books, and I was like, I'm not going to get the comics, because they're all really expensive. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I lied to myself, and I bought one. And as you know, with Star Wars books and comics, you just can't stop buying them. <laughs> and it helps... Life. <laughs> yeah, it helps that like Marvel send me them to review, so that's helpful. It saves me a lot of money. Um, but yeah, pretty much from the get go, and I think I've read everything apart from maybe two or three things. I haven't read the Jello Fallen Order one. I've got it. I haven't read it. Oh. Um, Dark Temple is it? I've read that. No need. And to I flex. haven't read Mace Windu either. Again, I've got it, but I haven't read it. Oh. But I think I've read everything else. Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to remember <clears throat> actually where where I began. I feel like when they started launching the Marvel comics back in 2015, I was actually an avid Marvel 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 comics reader back then, like Spider Man, Iron Man, all that sort of stuff back in the day. Um, and I just remember like the likes of the Star Wars comic, the Darth Vader comic, the Poe Dameron comic, all being on the shelves and me thinking, oh, that's a slippery slope that I don't want to get into right now. So I didn't for quite a while uh, <clears throat> until one day I thought, you know what, I'm going to binge everything. So I got straight onto Unlimited. And this might have been three or four years ago, maybe. And sat and read all of the original Star Wars run. I think it just finished when I binged the whole thing. And then Darth Vader and Afra and all of it from that point onwards, and then started the very expensive addiction of buying all the trade paperbacks. Um, so I guess mine is slightly less exciting than yours, to be honest. But um, I've, I've enjoyed nearly all of it. <laughs> yeah, most of it at least fine. Yeah, there's nothing outwardly bad, I don't think. Uh... And there's some like incredible <laughs> ones as well. Yes, yeah, there's definitely lots of incredible stuff, but I I don't know, I'm interestingly yet to read a Star Wars book, canon book, that I dislike, but I have read some Star Wars comics that I've disliked. Is, is it The Screaming Citadel? The Screaming Citadel is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> there's, been, there's been a few others that haven't really been my, my cup of tea, um, but... Let's just swing it straight back to the positivity. If you're to recommend one canon comic to a first-time Star Wars comic reader, John, which one are you going to recommend? Now, I feel like this is an obvious choice, and it probably I might bring it up again later. But I think for a first-time reader, I'm going to assume they've seen the films. And if yep. we're assuming that we've seen the films, I think the easiest option as a new time reader, and also because it's one of the, in my opinion, best comics out there for Star Wars, is the Charles Soule Darth Vader <laughs> run. It's an easy answer. It's a, question. It's a cop out, isn't it? It's a real cop out. Um, is it the answer to every single question that I've written? Because it might well be. Apart from the, uh, the one you didn't like, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but I think it's because it just goes straight from practically the end of episode three straight into what Vader was up to afterwards it's an easy jumping off point for a casual and I will describe them as a casual fan because if I've not read the comics yet casual fan a casual <laughs> fan of Star Wars even alert <laughs> Get out. what are you doing in my Star Wars okay. uh, um, so I think that's just an easy jumping off point plus you know the 
Vader is the flagship character of Star Wars, I guess. You know, you think of Star Wars, Vader's the guy you think of genuinely. You can go to Luke, isn't it? Yeah, you can go to most, I feel like you can go to most places in the world and everyone would recognize an image of Vader, recognize the breathing, blah, blah, blah. So it's just an easy jumping off point and it's a very good comic that won't get you bored and weighed down with what you've got to force yourself to read. That's a cop-out answer, but I feel like I've justified myself. Yeah, yeah. Chris, do you have a, a different answer? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, no. <laughs> the one thing I will say on that, on that book, that is that is the best Star Wars comic book, and it is possibly the best comic book I've ever read. It's, it's up there. It's incredible. Mainly because, obviously, you see, I'm not a big Revenge of the Sith fan, and I love this comic book because you get so much lore packed into, like, 25 issues. You get the start of the Inquisitors. You get the formation of Vader's castle. You get um, an update on what happens to Mon Cala and the the king is like something Lee Char or something like that. Yeah, Lee Char. Um, and then you get uh, Jocasta New with a like a lightsaber shotgun. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's so much in there. It's great. But to give another answer, I'm going to give another obvious answer. The best place to start is the beginning. Star Wars number one by Jason mm-hmm. Allen. Yep. Because everything goes from there. Kieran Gillen's Vader ties into it, which then leads you to Afra, which then leads you to other things. You know, Star Wars number one is the starting point. Yep. Yep. And it's good. And it's good. It's a good it's a good first arc of yeah. Star Wars comic. Yeah. I I don't love all of Jason Allen's stuff, but like yep. a majority of it is really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably, if I'm being honest, my go-to answer would be the same as John's. And if not John's, yours, Chris. So I'm going to force myself to come up with another answer. <laughs> you could be like, uh, made it out? I don't know. And, <laughs> and you know what I'm going to recommend? The Lando miniseries. Oh, mate, that's such a good... That, that's a good answer. Yeah. And the reason I'd recommend the Lando series is it's only five issues. So it's it's an easy thing. You can just say, right, go buy that trade paperback, read it. I think it's probably in terms of both artwork and writing, probably one of the strongest sort of pieces of Marvel comic literature. Like it's a great Charles Soule script. It's great art by Alex Maleve, who's like one of the all-time great artists. Uh, most people, in the same way that most people know Vader, slightly less, but most people will know who Lando is. Uh, and it's just a good contained story that doesn't really require much previous knowledge. It's also another so... proper answer because it's <laughs> it's it's the closest thing to saying Darth Vader's Charles Saul without saying Darth Vader Charles Saul <laughs> yeah. because it's also written by Charles Saul <laughs> and features a lot of the same elements as that series. Yeah, because after you've read that, you go and read Darth Vader, you see Moman's mask, and yeah. then it was all worth it. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, cop-out answers all round, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there, this... there, there is loads of other ones you can start. And like, if, if you'd have said High Republic, if you'd have said Poe Dameron, they would, would have all been valid and great starting points. Yes. I feel like I've got yeah, another yeah. cop-out answer, to be fair. Go which on. is uh, the recent... Mando comic series, which is literally just a shot-for-shot version of the first series, but in comic form. Yeah, that 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 would get used to the format. You mm. see, I read two issues of that, and I really enjoyed it. And then I came to read the third issue, and I was like, I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. 
I didn't even get past the first page. Once I realized it was a shot for shot, I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, uh, this next question we might have already answered again, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run it back anyway. Right. Who is your favorite canon Star Wars comic writer? And if you have one, who is your favorite artist? And I will start with John again. Um, the I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go with uh, it's a duo, so they've worked together during the writing and the drawing in the same ish, same comic series. I can't remember what the guy's name is, so forgive me. But the it's Jason Aaron, controversially, Ooh. and the artist that did Vader down. I can't remember his name. Um, but oh, is it um? Oh, the first issue yes. of Vader Down, yeah. because the, the, the other ones were done by the other crossovers, weren't Yeah, they? yeah, the first one. Thanks, Chris. Um, oh, you know what? Whilst you talk, I'll, I'll I'm going to run to my bookshelf and have a look. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm already on Wikipedia, mate. <laughs> oh, he's got it. He's got it. Um, the internet. Mike, Mike Di- Diodato Jr.? Yes, yes Diodato Jr. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, like, I really like his art anyway, across uh, all, most stuff he does. Um but one, I think it works. It just looks really good in these issues. And to be fair to Jason Aaron, like me and Dan, we spoke about this in the past. I think Jason Aaron is a comic book writer who will either give you absolute gold or what is absolute rubbish. I feel like he has no middle ground in my personal, <laughs> personal opinion. Yeah. Like some, some of his other Marvel stuff is terrible like trash like his avengers run my in my personal opinion terrible but, but his thor is really good exactly yeah yeah um, and i feel like thank god his runs on star wars are actually really good i actually really enjoy them um well i i enjoy most of them <laughs> so i feel like if he come out and done consistently bad runs he may have never worked in comics again i feel like you mess up star wars as badly as he's messed up some other titles and that is it you will be you will be out on the street outside of marvel studios <laughs> knocking on the door waiting for another opportunity um <laughs> come but... on please i'll do a jar jar one i promise <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i think his his runs on star wars are some of his best work and uh um I think just because I know how bad he can be, the fact that he Star Wars is so good, in my opinion, that I'll I'll, I'll give him my my podium position on that. Yeah, well earned. Good. I'm glad we got some Jason Aaron love because I'm going to hate him later on. So. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, if you're listening, prepare yourself. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Um, well, again, I, I want to say Charles Saul because it's the obvious answer. So I'm going to leave that one for you, Dan, because you're going to say Charles Saul. That's not what I was going to say, man. So run with it. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I'll, I'll give you both my answers then, if that's okay. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Charles Saul is obviously, is obviously the answer because he's like everything he touches turns to gold. He hasn't written one bad, one single bad Star Wars thing. Yeah. Like even the crossover stuff, the stuff that he wrote in the crossovers were great. It was just the other writers shit in the bed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, like, his Lando series is great. His Darth Vader series is great. Poe Dameron's incredible. Yes. Um, I always forget about that series. It needs an omnibus. It needs an omnibus. That is so oh, good. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. But not only that, like, what else do you do? Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin's great. Mm. Um, but speaking of shitting on J- Jason Aaron, Charles Saul's Star Wars run is way better. I think. 
Yes. I mean, if if you take out, it dips a little bit during War of the Bounty Hunters, I'll give it that. But everything else has been amazing. Like, Charles Saul can write Lando like a motherfucker. Like, he's great <laughs> at writing Lando. Um, <laughs> and obviously, those are set post-Empire, so there's one of the big plot points is that Lando is now part of the squad, and everyone's like, why is this guy here? He just sold us out. Uh, and the way that that's handled in the comics is great, because in the movies... He's a bad guy, and then he's redeemed, and then he, all of a sudden he's on the crew mission a Jedi a year later. So that's handled really, really well uh, in the comics. And you get this really great storyline with Shara Bay, um, which is Poe Dameron's mother. Uh, it's just really, really good. But if I have to give another answer, I'm going to say the combo of Kevin Scott and Ario and Indito. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Was that your answer? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin Scott's great for obvious reasons. Like he's great for um, the Horror Public main series, but he's also done some other great little series as well that are, are really good. And like he's only just started to get the recognition he deserves. Yeah. For years in Star Wars, he was cutting his teeth on like choose your own adventure series and the adventures in world space kids books and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think now he's finally risen to the prominence that he deserves. Um, but I'm going to let you say more about that then. <laughs> yes, I think that yeah, that is that is my genuine answer. I mean, I do absolutely love Charles Soul, and you know everything he does is amazing. Uh, but the the world knows it. But I think Kevin Scott is for me my favorite Star Wars comic writer, and who I would argue maybe less less so increasingly, but I would say is the most underrated, um, just because like. Obviously, his High Republic stuff has been absolute gold. The Phase 1 High Republic series is perfect from start to finish. The Phase 2 series has been excellent as well. Didn't like last um, issue much, though. Yeah, I can see that. I, yeah. I enjoyed it, but I, I can see your criticism. Um, obviously, he did Monster of Temple Peak as well, which is a really fun mini-series. Um, and then all his um, Halloween special, like Vader's Castle um the Beware, Vader's Castle, and those series, I thought were excellent as well. Uh, yeah, I really, Tales, really enjoyed Tales them. The Rancor Pit was great as well. Yeah, so I just think he he brings quite a unique style to Star Wars. And he's a big horror fan, and that sort of shines through in a lot of the work that he does. Um, and and even I was reading like the the Star Wars Adventures comics. Like sometimes they can be a bit hit or miss for me in terms of the quality of the the mini stories. But there was one that he did about uh, Rogue Squadron. It's like a little two-part story with like Wedge and Luke that was excellent as well. So I just think that he's one of these guys, anything he touches with Star Wars is great. And funnily enough, who I was going to say that my favorite artist was, is like his pairing with Ario Anandito as well on his High Republic run. The two of them work so well together. Ario Anandito's art is absolutely stunning. Like that first issue of the Phase 1 High Republic comic uh, with Keeve sort of seeing the force is like a panel that's like seared in my brain. I absolutely love the artwork on that. And the few issues during that High Republic series where Arian, Ario Anandito sits out and another artist comes in, you actually feel those issues not being as good just because of Arian, Ario Anandito's art not being there. So for me, yeah, agreed with you, Chris. I think they're a great pairing. Can I tell and, a little um, Ario Anandito story? Of course you can. So, celebration this year. Um, yes. I'd already published some things on my Instagram uh, about Horror Public and how much I loved Aaron and Adita's work. I think it was his work actually on the first issue of Obi-Wan. 
um, that I praised his artwork and he commented being like, oh, thank you very much. That's great. And we got to chat a little bit, not much, but like a little bit um, through messages. Uh, and then I mentioned to him like later, oh, I'm going to be at Celebration. Look forward to seeing you. And he's like, yeah, great. Can't wait to see you. It's going to be wonderful. Um, and we, I went to go to the signing at the Forbidden Planet booth. And because it was ran by monkeys, um i didn't i did i didn't manage to get like a place like they went oh you can come at any time i got there like no it's it's ticketed now you don't have to get out so i was like okay i'm guessing i'm not going to meet him and so i messaged aria and i was like um didn't make it didn't manage to get a ticket but um if i get to say hello i'll I'll say hello and hope you've had a good celebration and he was like oh just meet me in the custom now and I went to the castle that was just outside the room, and he was sitting there waiting for me with with another lady. I'm guessing it might be his partner. I'm not sure. Um, and he sat down and he showed me his private portfolio of all his original works, and he oh, signed all all of my stuff for me just in the Costa. That's um, amazing. So like what he's nice the guy. nicest guy. He was my favorite artist before that. Yeah. You know, um, I do love a few others, but I'll answer those later because I think you're going to ask about artists, aren't you, later? Yeah. Well, I guess the the only other artist that i would probably add at this point is giuseppe camancioli who did the artwork for the charles soul darth vader run that we are going to talk about <laughs> at length uh but his artwork on that is absolutely phenomenal and like john i know me and you talk about this all the time but some of the artwork that he does in terms of like vader within the force is like just seared in your brain is like artwork you would put on a wall and display because it's absolutely stunning so yeah shout out to him as well yeah, I mean, and he's similar to another artist, which is possibly my second favourite. See, I like Marco Cucchetto, Cucchetto. I think it's pronounced Cucchetto because his stuff is always like super gorgeous. He just doesn't do that much in Star Wars anymore. Like he did um, Captain Phasma, he did oh, yeah. Shattered Empire, and he did Oberon and Anakin. And if you go back and look at the art in those books now, it's jaw dropping. But so for someone who's working in comics now. Paolo Villanelli, who does the art on Bounty Hunters. Oh, yeah. It's really similar to Vader. His art's great. It's like really, I think it's the best art currently, counting out Mm -hmm. and in detail stuff. Yeah, yeah. John, do you have any artists you want to shout out whilst we're on the the artists' uh, conversation? Um, No, I think actually you covered covered them all, especially as you said, the, the Vader's. Uh, the Vader run, Charles Soule artist. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible with artist names. It's literally I've never, never Giuseppe Camancholi. Thank you. A lot of artists are, are Spanish or Hispanic, aren't they? So it's hard. Yeah, to I'm them. terrible yeah. with word pronunciations anyway. So chuck in a few foreign names, <laughs> and I'm stumped. I'm just <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a fantastic artist. And we'll get into it more, I'm sure, later, as you said, Dan, with the the visual representations of the force and stuff but we'll get into it later yeah yeah um i there was one that uh, just a recent uh standout but you know what? i'm gonna save it for later because i'm definitely gonna mention this comic so Is it we will move on <laughs> no it's not actually um next question for you guys so one of the big things it's a big part of marvel comics at the moment in terms of Star Wars, is, and it has been for a while, is miniseries, like particularly like five issue miniseries. I feel like that seems to be quite a common thing within uh, Marvel Star Wars. Uh, 
and then also you know some single issues as well so do you guys have a favorite or if it's not a favorite a, a, an underrated one that you particularly want to shout out mini series or single issue if it is just a single issue john do you want to start with that one uh mine is the uh, the darth maul mini series son of dathomir that's uh Ooh. that's an excellent one for me because um yeah well i mean darth maul's like one of my favorite star wars characters like visually especially so i feel like a comic miniseries was was inevitable um because there's nothing nothing better than putting an iconic looking character on on a page with a fantastic story behind him um, and some great artwork um to really bring it to life um i didn't realize actually that when i was i was googling stuff before this this podcast just to double check i got my facts right and then still forgot half the artist names um but uh i didn't realize apparently it's it's taken from unused season six scripts yep. for Clone Wars, which yep. I don't know how I never knew that. Um, it and it is my mind, from but, the brain of Lucas and Filoni, yeah. Yeah, but that is uh, just helps add to it so much more because I feel like when you read it, um, you do definitely get that that vibe. Um, and it comes across as, you know, this could literally have been a, a Star Wars, Clone Wars episode, which obviously is how it was intended to be portrayed um so kind of stating the obvious there but oh well um but yeah i think it's just it's just a great i I was tempted to put it as my um canon comic recommendation because it's just a again for as a casual star wars fan as a recommendation it would be something that to give them a little bit more more that they might not necessarily have seen because again assuming they're casual assuming they've, they've seen the films may not have necessarily dived into the Clone Wars or like the episodes of Rebels that he was in <clears throat> or mm-hmm. any other media. So I think this would be, this uh, this was going to be a good shout for the recommendation. Just give you a bit more more, you know, there's a, uh, Mother Talon's in this, bit of General Grievous, a Me nice too. little, um, <laughs> a bit, just, just a bit more of, of more, which is obviously up until the Clone Wars. Um, if you hadn't seen that, you, you wouldn't have got before. So it's just, it's basically just one of my favorite mini series because it just shows off a, a character that, for I think a large portion of the Star Wars community, maybe unseen or not as explored as as they would have liked. So I think it's just a, mm. a great character to focus on for this mini series. And it's it's funny that you mentioned that, John, because just two nights ago, me, Chris, and Johnny did a whole episode talking about uh, Darth Maul, Son of Daphne for our uh, Canon in 15 Minutes series. So it will either already be out or it will be coming out if you're listening to this right now. But, but I mean, your point echoed pretty much what we said. Exactly. Fantastic. So really, we should have had you there, John. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we should have done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Sorry, it's all right now, man. <laughs> Left out. Yeah, yeah. Fine, <laughs> fine. <laughs> right, Chris, what about you? Uh, there's so much to choose from here because there's a million Star Wars miniseries. I feel like the obvious one that most people will say is probably what you said earlier, Lando by Charles Saul. That mm-hmm. is a classic. Um, a lot of people will say Kanan if you can count it, even oh, though it is yeah. 12 issues. Um, but my pick is going to be one that you're probably not expecting. Um, and I don't know if you've read it yet, but it's Silent Staros, the new miniseries. Ooh, okay. No, I actually haven't read it it's yet. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, it's written by Justina Island, and it's completely sort of new and separate story it's nothing to do with Afra or Han Solo it's, it's, it's about Sana and her family uh, and a story about them and Diva Lompop is in it 
Um, but it's written by Justina Island. So Justina Island had only written one Star Wars comic before this, and it was the Diva Lumpop issue of Ward Bounty Hunters, which is actually called Jabba the Hutt. Is it, I, I think Jabba the Hutt one, yeah. Which yeah, I, I think that. is the single best issue of that whole thing. Because that issue really, is yeah, really great. good issue. Yeah. So yeah. Justina Island just she should do more comics because she's yeah, she's, she's written is great. Yeah. Um, whether you like her books or not, her comics are completely different and they just work. Um, but yeah, Sanastaros, it's really, really good. Right. Um, I'm going to have to go check it out now. Another one, if we're talking yeah. non-Marvel, again, we've picked this up before, but The Nameless Terror by George Yes. yes. The Nameless Terror is Star Wars Aliens. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tied into the horror public phase too, but you could honestly read it having never read any horror public and you could totally get it. It's just like a spaceship lands on a planet and there's aliens. And it's really, really good. Yes, and that was what I was alluding to a little bit. The artwork on that, I'm sorry I don't have the name of the artist on me, but the artwork for that is phenomenal as Let well. Let me find it. It's really, really beautiful artwork. Uh, and yeah, George Mann absolutely nails the script on that one. That's yeah, I'm not a, a huge fan of George Mann stuff. Like he's, I like it, he's good. I just don't think it's for me, but that one was great. I thought it was way yeah, better than his I Battle really for Jedi book. It. You know, the audio book, personally. I thought it was wonderful. I think, yeah, I think it's the best thing that he's done in, in Star Wars. Yeah, I think so, too. So far, he's got So far, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Got, like, he's got the first adult book of the Horror Public coming out. So, yeah. Um, but he's, I, I completely agree with you. That is probably, like, one of my favourite and one of the underrated ones, purely because it hasn't been out long enough. So I feel like not enough people have had time to pick it up and absorb it. But I think yeah. there's a... Plus, a they released, like, miniseries. a whole load of... Like mini series for phase two, like there was the Blade, there's High Republic Adventures, there's the High Republic, there's the Quest of the Jedi thing. So I can understand how people would have could have got lost in that, mm-hmm. um, but yep. don't miss out on it. It's really good. Uh, the artist is called Eduardo Mello. Yes, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The artwork's absolutely fantastic. Uh, okay, so I think we've reached another situation where Chris has taken my answer, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Clearly, we're all cut from the same cloth on this one. Uh, yeah. And I've already mentioned Lando, so I've kind of shot myself in the foot there <laughs> a little bit as well. There's loads of others, though. I'm sure you can think of another good one. <laughs> but yeah, I think one of the ones that actually stands out to me, it's it's probably not my favourite, but it's, it's up there, and it's it was a surprise sleeper hit for me, was the Captain Phasma miniseries. Yeah. Um, not only is the artwork stunning, but it's a really surprising, interesting story about Phasma. Um, and I do just think it is really, really worth a read because it's it's a very good uh, miniseries. I, I thought it was really, really good. All of the written stuff about Phasma is great. Way better than what we got in the movies. The, the book and the comic are both super great. Yeah. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, right. So we've mentioned it enough now. Should we dive into the High Republic? Yes. What is? And now there's a, now not a huge amount to choose from here. We've got some some mini series. We've got some ongoing series. We've got some sort of one off issues. But what is your favourite? Or if if the answer's stolen before you can get there, <laughs> underrated <laughs> High Republic comic. John, oh. uh, I'm gonna go for what what I feel like is an easy answer again. Uh, I'm just going to go with the the first volume one by Kevin Scott. There is no fear, or yeah, there is no yeah. fear. Um, yes. sh- sure, singly because um, 
it was just I read the books. Well, I, I read the first few books when they came out because um, we discussed them on our podcast at the time. And then when this came out, it was the when the comic came out, it was the first visual representation I'd had for some of these characters, um, and the era of Jedi at the time, and all that sort of jazz. And I think that was just a real wow factor because I mean books and comics are very similar in their storytelling ways but I think personally I just prefer comics because it's just who I am uh so seeing the excellent storytelling and uh visual stuff of the High Republic in this comic was ah just like blew my mind to be honest like it was it was great um and I think there's the storyline in the in There Is No Fear is obviously just great i mean the 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 dynamic of having this young padawan uh keeve i think her name is uh yeah going up through her journey with her uh her master is it skewer god i've got skewer i'm talking about it but it sounds like i've not actually read it but i have um (laughs) and his journey with his connection with the force and all that stuff is just is an excellent bit of uh storytelling for the higher public and something Again, as with all the higher public stories, fresh and new and something I hadn't necessarily seen before in, in Star Wars. Because um, it's all drain gear heavy, isn't it? Those yeah. five issues, which is unique. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. it's one of the first, last pages, sorry, of the, the first issue is obviously we get the whole for light and life with all the Jedi standing there with their lightsabers in the air, yeah. um, which is just a great page and a, a fantastic spread. That's and, my cover, that is, because I've, I've got the second printing and that's the cover of it. Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, I might have to track one of them down because that's, yeah. that's, that's I'd like that for my collection. Though. And a funny funny story on this issue as well, or the, the trade paperback, is I have accidentally got it signed twice by Kevin Scott because <laughs> I took it to, oh, is it Comic-Con we went to down in 2001? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 2001. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Comic- I know it's that. Twen- it's, it's, 2021. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know it's 2021 because he's dated it. Um, and then I think in a rush to pack for Star Wars Celebration, I just grabbed anything with Kevin Scott on the spine uh, <laughs> and packed it in my bag and then stood in the queue for, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour for an autograph from Charles Soule and Kevin Scott because I was sitting side by side, handed the book to Kevin Scott. I opened up the page to sign and there was his name and signature already there. And I was like, fucking brilliant. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I tried to play it off. So I was, you know, such a big fan. And he was kind of just looked at me and was like, all right, okay. Uh, and then dated it again and kind of just sent me on my way. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, but yeah. To be honest, you probably didn't have the most embarrassing run in with Kevin Scott's celebration because very very slight tangent when I was getting I think I was getting volume three of that series signed uh and then volume one of the phase two series signed by Kevin Scott and they signed it I was like a big fan blah a little usual chat and then moved on and then a girl next to me comes up to him and gets the rising storm signed and she's like oh I'm actually reading it again at the moment (laughs) and I turned around just like I was a bit (laughs) 
a little bit starstruck. And I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> and then Kevin Scott was like, whoa. And I was like, no, 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 no. I made, like, it's my favorite book. I promise you it's my favorite book, but it's just really emotionally draining. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's fine. I get what you mean. And I was just like, oh my God. I just embarrassed myself in front of Kevin Scott. <laughs> so if we ever, if we ever get a chance to interview him on this podcast, I have to be on it so I can apologize to him because I still feel guilty about that interaction. So all three of us have a connection as well because I got all my uh, High Republic trade paperback signed by Kevin Scott and Ariane Indito, as I told you earlier. So I've got all four of the ones that are currently released signed by both of them. That's a big flex, Chris. No, but no, do you know what the biggest flex is that <laughs> I was most excited about is I got every single, uh, I got, yeah, every single Afra trade paperback signed by Alyssa Wong. Oh, wow. Which to me, I don't know why that that means more to me, <laughs> but it but it does. Wait, how big was your bag? How many books you carry? Oh, mate! No. Did you did, I, did you see Chris? Me I seen you in the queue. You had a suitcase. <laughs> had a suitcase. Oh, you were that guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did, you didn't see me with a suitcase, did you? No, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw your suitcase. Yeah. The first time I was in the queue, it was the one where the queue got really chaotic and poor Charles Soul was there for like two hours. Oh, that was and the first I think one, you it? were in the queue with Johnny, I think. Yeah, it's me and Johnny. Yeah, and you were quite far back, so I didn't sort of like come over and introduce myself. I didn't see you guys for the next day, but I just remember being like, is that is that SW Book Collector with a suitcase? Yeah, that was me. I've got respect. You know what? Did you know what's most embarrassing about that? The last time I went signed, so I got um because obviously I had so many things. See, that suitcase I had was a small suitcase. At the hotel, I had a large suitcase that was full of them, so I had to bring them back every day to try and get different things signed because I've never been to it. Like I've never met people as before, so I was like, I'm gonna. This might be the only one I go to. I'm gonna take my shot. I managed to get nothing yeah. signed by Charles Saul, which was the majority of the stuff I took. I took an omnibus with me, for God's sake. Um, oh, and I didn't. I got the, took the Vader omnibus. I was like, I need to get this signed. Um, you, I, I can make you feel bad and say that I got Light of the Jedi no. and I got Volume 4 of Darth Vader signed by Charles Saul. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I was there. We, we, me and Johnny were literally the first people where they were like, yeah, Charles Saul's not signing your shit. <laughs> like, he's going. <laughs> it me and Johnny were like, we're those people. I was like, okay. I brought all Charles Soule stuff, but sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I could easily sit and rant about the uh, Forbidden Planet signing by celebration. <laughs> but okay, so the last time I went, it was the second time I, I was getting into, uh, getting interviewed. Sorry, I was getting things signed by uh, Claudia Gray. And at this point, she'd lost her voice. So she was all kind oh, yeah. of squinting yeah. smiles and thank yous and stuff like that, you know, like with her hands and all that. And when I'd finished, I'd managed to, because <laughs> I had so much stuff, I'd managed to in- recruit two people from the queue who only had one thing. I was like, you've only got one thing. Can I give you four more things? And they got them signed for me. So as I was sort of, I ca- sort of got myself out of the way and stood next to that big, there was a big wall, wasn't there, opposite. And I was standing yes. there getting my stuff all put back in my suitcase and ordered. And I was, I was like in an absolute mess. And this guy was laughing at me, right? And I just looked up at him and I was like, mate, it's my own fault. It's, you know, it's so funny. And he was like, I appreciate dedication. Uh, and I was like, yeah. And I was putting my stuff in. And he went to me, what did he say? He goes, I, I see you're a fan of my wife's stuff then. And I was like, oh, who's your wife? <laughs> Knowing full well there's only one woman in that panel. <laughs> uh, Claudia Gray. And, and so I was just speaking for about 15 minutes. 
and he told me some <laughs> things that I'm not allowed to repeat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, that, leave that, us on a little cliffhanger. After this podcast goes out, that man is getting sniped by Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, because he <laughs> told me. I went, obviously, I don't want to push you too much because it's not fair, you know, secrecy. And I don't want to put you in an awkward position. He goes, I didn't sign the NDAs. I'll tell you what I want. <laughs> she has, I haven't. Yeah, she signed the NDAs, not me. That's, that's literally what he said. And then he told me. So that's I know, right. I know. When we finish recording, Chris will be. I know two things you. that she's doing. One is an original new thing book, Ooh. Star Wars. Mm. Um, and he said, what did he say? He said, he said it was like, sort of like, it was, oh God, it was inspired by like action movies from the 80s. Um, I don't know what that is. But the other one is something that will make people very excited. Okay. And, I, and I said, is it? And I said the word. And he went, oh, wink, wink. So, <laughs> so I will, uh, I'll tell you off air because I, I don't want to be the guy that puts that out there. Yeah, yeah now we, we could leave some secrets. Uh, right, we'll re- re- recover ourselves from that big tangent. I think it's your turn to say what your favourite High Republic comic is, Chris. Oh, God. Um <laughs> So obviously I've said Nameless Terror. I do. I did enjoy uh, Monster Temple Peak as well. It was slighter than I expected, um, but I just really like that character and I like those little little adventures. Do you know what I mean? Just little cool adventures. Um, yeah. But I'd say if it wasn't for the last issue, I'd say Phase Two Horror by Kevin Scott. I think the last issue kind of you can tell it wasn't a complete story. It was just setting everything up for Path of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. which obviously he was writing so that was really the resolution of it so I'm going to go for two oh god okay sorry Just waiting for you to say my answer to be honest <laughs> is your answer Trailer Shadows yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> okay. he's done it again I won't say that then, he's done it again. Say that then. okay I'm going to say the second half of phase one of High Republic Adventures because the first mm. half I enjoyed, it was good, but then around about issue sort of six or seven, when um, the vessel crew came into it, and yes. it started to delve more into those, um, they were sisters, weren't they? One's good, one's bad. Part of, um, is it Crix's little crew? Um, pretty much from oh, sort of yes. halfway point until yeah, the end, yeah. that series becomes amazing. And that's when they go to Takadana, isn't it? And you've got yeah, all uh, of that, and then you get the little the little South guy that Wart, is it Quart? Quart? Quart, yeah. All of that, yeah. so good. And Far Farzella, yeah. and um, Zine and um, what's the face? What's the chops? What's the name? Lula. Lula. That whole thing was really good. So I think yeah. the second half of Horrible Big Adventures is my answer to this. All right. Okay. Well, my answer spoiler was Trail of Shadows. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I absolutely love Trailer Shadows. Um, funnily enough, I had one of my pals here last week and I was making cups of tea for us and he's been reading the books, but he hasn't been reading the comics. So I was just like, right, I'm going to go make a cup of tea, sit and read this and just sort of like forced him to read it. Uh, and I think he liked it. Um, but yeah, no, Trailer Shadows, I absolutely love that proper noir detective vibe from a star wars story i thought was so cool literally the first panel you open up is just absolutely horrific in the best possible way um and i think the the ending to that story as well was really strong the way it ties into the fall of starlight beacon yeah um, all, all three of the main series tie in together horrible big adventures horrible really and well. shadows yeah 
Yeah. And I, I think that like Daniel Jose Aldo, who I absolutely love his writing, is really well known for his like quirky, funny, weird take on Star Wars. But this is a surprisingly grounded, dark and gritty yeah, uh, definitely. piece of work from DJO. And I think it shows that the guy's got a lot of range in his, in his writing because it's fantastic as well. And since we're on the topic, I've also got it signed. So, <laughs> so have I actually. No, I haven't. Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> but I do want to shout out one really, what I think is an underrated single issue, which I think sort of slipped a lot of people by, I think, was which is Claudia Gray's Phase 2 comic, Quest of the Jedi. Do you know what? I don't think it's that people buy because it was um, sold out for a long time. So I think people were oh, buying it. it. Right. I don't know whether that was just scalpers because of the first appearances, though. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought it was fantastic. I, it took me a while to get around to reading it just because I, yeah, I couldn't get a copy anyway. So I'm hoping it's going to get pushed into one of the trade paperbacks that um, it'll probably be Panini will release them, won't they? Because it's... Um, Actually, no, because it's Dark no longer Horse. IDW, so it'll be Dark Horse. I'm hoping that Dark Horse managed to push it into one of their trade paperbacks um, because it's excellent. And for anyone who hasn't read it, it's uh, a story, sort of, it's a telling of a, an old, an even older story than 150 years before the High Republic of a Jedi called Barnabas, is it Barnabas Zim? Is that his name? Yeah, so it, I think it's 300 years before the High Republic. Yeah, yeah, and he goes off on an adventure. Uh, and comes to this planet that has a strange force connection and these stones and it all sort of interestingly with a lot of questions hinging on it sort of ties back to the current story as well so it's just really good claudia gray is such a good storyteller and that's actually the first claudia gray comic that i've read i haven't read any of her indie stuff um and i thought it was fantastic so i just want to shout that out, that one out as well can i throw a little bonus of point in as well yeah go on then edge of balance volume two Manga count. Oh, a little manga. Yeah. yeah. Edge, of, Edge of Balance Volume 2. And we spoke about this a little bit the other day, Dan, didn't we, on one of the episodes? Because yes, I haven't yeah. read the new one yet, but you have and you loved it. Um, yeah. But Edge of Balance Volume 2 is so, like, shocking and emotionally, like, it's such a gut punch. Because the first one is like, oh, it's really good. It, it, it felt like it's really good, but it's it's inconsequential to the horror public. Like it felt uh-huh, uh-huh. like a good sort of um, almost a horror story. The first one is it reminded me of like Japanese horrors um, mm-hmm. with the way that the uh, the people are represented, you know, being like the sort of the hosts for the Drengear kind of thing. Um, but the second one, God, Daniel Daniel Jose Alder again. It it has some consequences and some deaths that you just do not see coming, and it knocked me yep. it knocked me over. Yeah, more more good stuff from Daniel Jose Older. Yep. Yep. Um, right, okay. Here we go. I, Chris, I feel like I already know your answer to this next one. but So I'm going to start with John, and we'll see what John's answer is. Favorite canon comics original character. So your favorite <laughs> character that originated from a Star Wars comic and not from the big screen. John, go ahead. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest here. Oh, I had to Google this. Because <laughs> this was not something I knew off the top of my head, apart from the obvious few. But I feel like one of you two is going to come up with those answers. So I thought I will go outside the box. And outside of the box, I have gone. Because 
Again, it's something I didn't know, but I googled it. How outside the box <laughs> are we talking? Here, uh, did you, George Lucas actually originated in the comics? Uh, no, Kenneth uh, Chaff. No, actually, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be controversial. But this is on the Star Wars.com website, so uh, I'm taking this. Uh, Quinlan Voss started out in the comics. I did not know this. Well, kind of. Yeah, oh, not yeah. canon comics, but he's now a canon character, so I'm kind of cheating. He, he, okay. He was in the back of episode one in Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think people liked that design, so they made him into a character. So, yeah, he did start in character. But he is like a comic star, isn't he, Quinlan Voss? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's been in a lot, hasn't he? People yeah. love his story in the Clone Wars comics. Yeah, yeah. Because. Yeah. Um, I think. I think that's an acceptable answer, John. Yeah, I, get past the t- I had past the test. I had to cheat technically, so I do apologise. <laughs> um, but I knew... not going to lie. I th- I thought you were going to say Darth Momin, you know? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I mean, I haven't I haven't got it as mine. So if you want to run with it, John, go for it. No, it's fine. I'll stick with what I've got. But he is a cool character. I'm sure we'll talk about him later on anyway, so it's fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, go ahead. I mean, I know what your answer is. But yeah, you know what See if you is. can surprise me. Um, I mean, I thought, I thought you were going to say Chad, Chad, because obviously that's another character which originated from Darth Vader by Charles Saul, and he's now, and then you came into the Crimson Reign and Hidden Empire series, didn't you? Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was obviously the young she girl. She was in Lando as well. Yeah, she's been in Lando as well. Yeah, she, the, yeah. See, a lot of the authors do this, don't they? They have their characters they keep bringing back. Um, so obviously, yeah. Justina Island has Diva Lumpop and Avon Staroff. Um, Charles Saul has Momin and Chanath Chaff. Um, mm. Kevin Scott has some other people. I can't think of Kevin Scott. But um, and Claudia Gray always brings up the Maxine Warriors. Yes. The yeah. everything she does. Um, but yeah, no beating around the bush. My answer is the correct answer. <laughs> 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 and it is, of course, the Honourable Dr. Chelly Loner Afra. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat Afra. I see one. I need one of you two picture. And yeah, completely agree. It's literally my picture on my Instagram page is Afra, um, <laughs> to the point where I think some people follow me because they just think I'm a girl. Which I'm, I, 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 let, I let them do that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it, it, it instantly doubles your likes if you're a girl. Um, yeah, I was disappointed when I met you at Celebration. <laughs> you're like, no. Oh, she's not a, an animated Asian archaeologist. Um, but no, Afra's great. One. There's so many layers to Afra. I could, yep. We could do a whole two-part show about Afra. Just Afra. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Because, I mean, it's you know, it's uh, topical to say this now, but Afra is, if Indiana Jones was a massive ballend, that's who Afra <laughs> yep. is. Do you know what I mean? Imagine yep. taking Indiana Jones, strip all morality away, and you're just left with this chaotic mess of a human, and that's Dr. Afra. <laughs> and it just creates, like, the best stories. Yes, we've had dips with Afra. Obviously, Afra started with Kieran Gillen's run. Um, well, started in Darth Vader, obviously, by Kieran Gillen. But then in Afra's own stories, I think we had Kieran Gillen did it for two arcs, um, which are really, really good. No, three arcs, which are really good. And then afterwards, it was Cy Spurrier took over, and it wasn't yes. as good. <laughs> it, it had 
good moments in it. Like the one where she's linked to Triple Zero is yeah. That's that's probably my favorite after story. That's a really good story because stuck to Triple Zero. Yeah. In that's one good thing that Cy Spurrier did is he made Triple Zero terrifying. Oh God! Like literally, genuinely terrifying to read more than any other sort of villain or monster in comics. Like in those last few trade paperbacks, I genuinely feared triple zero um mm-hmm. but then it kind of took a massive shit towards the end of that run you know with all the um going with the rebels and stuff i just, I just didn't like it but then the Alyssa wong stuff is amazing yeah like there's a real series consi- has been consistently fantastic yeah i was about to yeah. say that there's a consistency to Alyssa wong stuff it's the, it's the same artist was it minky young um artist all the way through it um Alyssa wong's written every issue and it ties it tells its own story it dabbles in the crossovers but it very much it's like it's got a strength in its own stories and it ties into high republic before anyone else did uh mm-hmm. with the uh the engine job run um it's just afra's just so good anyone that doesn't like afra is either an idiot or a bigot i'll say <laughs> that now to be honest i i agree with you afra's absolutely amazing and afra is for me the comics character that deserves to be cast phenomenally well and be in live action more than any other character. Uh, yeah. Because Afra's just absolutely. Afra incredible. and Sana, I think, are the two most deserving characters. Yeah. And, and funny enough, are they not the, the only two ones who have been given their own series? Uh, yeah. And they'd, they'd, they'd likely be in the same show as well. Yeah. Um, my answer is kind of linked to yours uh, because can, can I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't say Afra. And it's it's three recurring Afra characters. Ah, okay. Uh, triple Zero, obviously. Uh, this is really bad. I'm drawing a blank on BT One, the Astromech Droid. Yep, yeah, yeah. And Black Chrysanthemum. You well. said Black like, Chrysanthemum. Yeah. Those are three sort of original characters that have been created for the well. Not originally for the Doctor Afra comics, but for the Star Wars and the Darth Vader comics, and then got taken into being a big part of the Doctor Afra comics. I picture them all as Doctor Afra characters to the point that when Black Chrysanthemum appeared in Book of Boba Fett, I was, my first thought was, "Oh, does this mean Doctor Afra is going to be in this show?" Yeah, I think, ev- um, I think everyone did. Yeah, so Black Chrysanthemum's awesome, and he's translated really well into live action, uh, but. Triple Zero Man is the most terrifying droid. <laughs> oh God! Ever, and yeah, as we were talking about, that arc is excellent. With um, it's Doctor Everzan, isn't it? Yeah, sort of manipulates the whole thing. It basically, it does um, like a Thor thing, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, and that is terrifying. But just the idea of like C three PO, but wants to murder you, I think, is a genius creation from Kieran Gillen. And uh, any time that there's a possibility that Triple Zero might come back, I'm I'm right there because what a phenomenally awful character <laughs> it is. So yeah, basically my answer is just characters that are with Afra all the time because Afra is great. Yeah, I mean I'm always glad that when Triple Zero came back for this Wong's run, they looted him a bit because I don't think I could have been able to handle. Triple zero we had from Spurrier's run again. That was too much. Too scary. It, it got a lot, didn't it? Yeah, it got so much. Because that bit where he's like, 
I am going to murder you. I'm going to find you and I'm going to like rip you apart. Um, and at this point, he's and he like manipulates her to sort of get from out of her power, um, so he can murder her. It's yeah, awful. Yeah, in the best so, way. Uh, yeah, murder droids. We love them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, okay, I think it's time for us to get a little bit toxic, lads. Should we do it? Let's get, let's get real toxic on them, yeah. <laughs> let's get toxic on them. Are there any particular canon series, uh, comics or arcs that you don't like? Um, John? Yes, yes, there are. Let's hear it, John. First off, just a quick shout out to the Mandalorian comic issues. That is a complete waste of print and paper, but um, <laughs> yeah. But, shout out to all the people who thought they were getting a nice original Mandalorian story. In yeah, the that, that is a waste of paper on ink, well, ink on paper. Shot by but, shot remake. Yeah, that, yeah. Anyway, that's fine. We'll move on from that one. Um, controversially, I really don't like Greg Pax's Darth Vader run. I don't uh, think it's controversial, John. I think you're speaking uh, to the right audience here. I was literally getting ready to shit all over it, mate. Oh, God. I thought I was going to get a <laughs> chase of a pitchfork and torches. Um, no, I really don't like it. And uh, I I keep up with it on Unlimited because, like, fuck, am I paying to read that? Um, <laughs> but I... I <laughs> I, I do keep, I keep up with it because I'm hoping that at one point I'll there'll be a, a an issue I'll be like oh here we go but um yeah I didn't like I didn't like the stuff with the handmaidens which is what I'm currently on on unlimited I don't know where it is in the current series so I think I'm six months behind um I think it's still with the handmaidens it's been going for eight years mate um. <laughs> And I feel like I don't, I specifically don't like that arc because I feel like it could have been done so much better. Um, and I also just think it's such a, I want to say random, but it's not random because I can see why they did it. But I just think it just kind of came out of nowhere personally. Um, and I think it's slightly. Lazy to yeah, so specifically, are you talking about the second handmaiden art where Sabe comes back, yeah, yeah during yeah. like War and of the Bounty Hunters and becomes like an imperial officer, yeah, yeah yes, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think this is where I might get controversial, but I think at this point in Vader's career, like, he's just got to be like, piss off, love. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> this has been fresh like during the timeline of like Charles Solo straight afterwards I'd get it a bit more but at this point like, and even like the point where he's using her to like get things done and other things I'm like she's basically just like the Empire's version of a PA at this point <laughs> you know like give her something like serious to do or don't bother yeah because I, I think, like, for me, the first five issues of that Vader run, when Sabe comes in initially, I don't mind so much. No, I, I think, I think it, it's genuinely it, really good. It's mm. quite an effective use of the character, but I 
rolled my eyes a lot when they started doing it again and tying it into Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. And then it just went nowhere for me. So I, I do understand what you're saying in the sense of it's, it felt lazy. And I'm not even up to date with Vader anymore because I kind of could be bothered. Like I will catch up. But Chris was telling me the other day, they're still doing the handmaiden stuff <laughs> even now. <laughs> and it's like, really? <laughs> Mate, is it not just every episode, right? Is it's Vader will set up a test for yes. Sabe and Archie to do. Or actually, not to do if he's not with them at that point, and oh, then, God, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, you'll, you know, we're going to do something," and then he'll just throw them into a pack of monsters. They have to fight the monsters, and Vade's like, "Cool," and then in the episode, it's ends. <laughs> that is literally like, oh, God, it, yeah. again. That's literally it. Every episode. And then I also, sorry. I, I've had a bit of like a, an Ochi journey as well, where like when he first came into the comic i was like okay this is cool like getting a bit backstory for this guy like he seems interesting and then genuinely not knowing whether he's empire or crimson dawn or crimson empire or dawn crimson like i just (laughs) genuinely for like so many issues i was like what is this guy's deal who is he fighting for it doesn't actually feel like even the writer mm. knew what Ochi was doing. And I did really like him in those first few issues, and yeah. I love him in Shadow of the Sith, the book as well, but I just felt that it was just another case of like Greg Pak just going round and round and round in circles. Yeah, I, mean, well, I feel like they tried to create Archie into like a sort of a Deadpool character in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah. He's like and a it went too fucking smart-ass you know, train killer. Um, but that whole thing was just really... Do you know what? Like, War of the Panthers was one thing. It that's where it dropped off for me for Darth Vader, but it was, it still works in the overall narrative of War of the Bounty Hunters. But Vader in Crimson Reign and Hidden Empire just muddies that whole story. I don't know mm-hmm. what the hell's going on in those issues. Who's working for who? And then he's got Vader's got this whole crew of like <laughs> cannon fodder <laughs> who are just like the Wonder Big Ball. The other one looks like <laughs> Chan of Cha, but it isn't Chan of Cha. And then I'm like, well, who, who yeah. are these people? Who, why yeah. do they care? And then, and then Valance was there for a bit nowhere. as well, wasn't he? Yeah, they literally go nowhere. See, that's actually yeah. one thing that's done, it's done well for me. It's put everything I hate into one series because <laughs> Valance is the worst. And Bounty Hunter has been so much better since he left. Oh, that's interesting. I, I don't mind Valance, but, but I didn't. The whole yeah, crew was so it, yeah. much better with with Tonga leading it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. just better. Yeah. It became such better series when Valance left. I think Valance yeah. did. But in 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 case we're insulting any Greg Pak Darth Vader fans, we'll quickly move on before we talk about it too much. Obviously, Chris, yeah. do you have any uh, anything else you want to throw into the mix? Anything <laughs> else you, you like? want to piss off? Um, <laughs> I will just say quickly. Obviously, this, this is just our opinion. Um, yeah. yeah. If you yeah. love the Greg Pak run absolutely where we are we are we pride ourselves on being non-toxic we're just saying we don't like them we're not saying you're an idiot for like liking them at all yes we're yeah. idiots do you know what i mean um <laughs> but trying to think of anything else really that i didn't like i think i liked most of it i will say that the the last bit of jason aaron's run i didn't particularly love out among the stars <laughs> With this little sort of short story, um, I didn't like the Greg Pak <laughs> Star Wars stuff either. <laughs> he, he does the last, he does the last two runs of Star Wars after Kieran Gillen, and they're rubbish. There's like some weird rock people. 
Yeah, the rock people. Yeah. And what was that? Is that with like C three PO like talking to the rock people? Yeah. Greg yeah. Pax run. Because <laughs> after because Kieran Gillen's Star Wars one was awesome. Because it had that was the uh, the Ashes of Jedi. Ashes it? of Jedi, Muthia Moncala. Hope, oh yeah. Hope, Hope dies. dies. The escape oh, where Han Solo takes yeah. his shirt off. And then uh, the scourging of uh, Shuturon. Sh- <laughs> I've just remembered Han Solo with his top off. There's like this, like this big page of him like gleaming, like top off, and then like getting all, all ripped on a farm. On a he farm, went and moved yeah. To a farm. See, do you know what's funny? You've just reminded me that is an arc I really don't like, and I don't. I don't so much have a problem with the story. There's just something about the style, like the artwork I really don't like, like the faces in the artwork are horrific. Um, That's just personal preference. I know art is subjective. But there was just something about like the idea of Han, Luke and Leia on like not just a farm, but like a really, really obvious like Midwest farm (laughs) in Star Wars that just doesn't, really land for me so oh, I... this is where dan's out there's too many bricks too many bricks <laughs> too, see, too many I've... screws <laughs> see i like I, I i get it um but i feel like that story it's fun it's still well written it's just it's just a fun little it, yeah. it felt like a transitional story because if i'm not yeah. if i'm not wrong that's the story that leads into gillen's big finale which is the scourging of Shatoran, yeah, which yeah. which he obviously he seeded in his Vader run. Yeah, he's um, been working on for years, for like yeah. two years before that. So yeah. his stuff was great, but then it ends. You know, the last arc is Greg Pak, and you think, oh, they're going to go out of a bang. Nope, rock people. Greg Pak's the yeah, worst. The destination <laughs> off across across both that and Afra was a really bad initiative, in my opinion. And I guess that is kind of my answer because I sort of suspected destination Hoff would be like oh, we're going to really build up to the start of Empire and how the Rebels get to Hoth. And they kind of don't even do that. They all just go and have their random storyline. Yeah, to be fair, though, they are kind of like little cool stories. I like the one in Star Wars with uh, Shara Bay and Kez Dameron when they're doing the tunnels. That one's quite cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are like nice little bits to it, but it felt like they were building up to be an event and it kind of was just... Uh, yeah but again this is just sort of like a weird personal preference thing like that star wars run from uh new hope to empire has some of my absolute favorite stuff in it like you've named a lot of it like the kieran gillen stuff hope dies is absolutely phenomenal there's some really really good stuff in there um and i actually quite liked was it called Across the Stars, where they all went off and had their mini adventure? Yeah, I like, like, I like the, the Luke and Leia one. But the Luke the and Leia one. one. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in that series I like. There's a couple of Jason Aaron's arcs that didn't really land for me. Um, and as I said, there's a couple of those Greg Pack ones at the end that didn't really land for me as well. And I am still a bit mixed on the farm. So it overall, as a complete series, I like it. But it is a bit of a, a roller coaster for me. There's some stuff that does and doesn't work. And I think that's that's just sort of how I things think go. Volume three, the one by Charles Saul, the one that's currently running now, is much more consistent. Consistent, yeah, it's definitely. Much better. Um, but I do want to shout out 
for this for this question one particular single issue which really sticks in my head as and i don't i don't mean to insult anyone and i don't mean to insult the writer or anyone who likes this book because it's just my personal opinion but the one single issue which is like dj most wanted like the last jedi tie-in you know i I I haven't read that have you read it don't it's pointless (laughs) like (laughs) it, it in my opinion, does absolutely nothing. Like I couldn't tell you what happened apart from DJ was in it and he did a thing. I, I remember uh, not really liking poker. the Beckett one as well. Yeah, the Beckett one, I didn't really like that much. But the DJ Most Wanted, I genuinely just finished it. And I was like, why did I just waste the last 10 minutes reading that? <laughs> yeah, because the um, C-3PO one shot is really good. Oh, similar fantastic. to uh, the one with the red arm. Yeah, the one with how he got his red arm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, brilliant, that one. Like, really, really good. And there was one that tied into The Last Jedi. Oh, uh, The Storms of Crate. I don't Crate. remember. Storms of Crate, which I really enjoyed as well. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of the ones that tied into Rise of Skywalker as well, I thought were really uh, good. What were they? There, was it Allegiance? Was it Allegiance? Oh, that, that was a mini series, though, wasn't it? A mini series. Yeah. Sorry, it wasn't a. a yeah, that was ship. how they get the ships, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the last little thing I want to mention, and I'm not trying to come across as like super negative because I do genuinely adore Star Wars comics and I just adore comics in general. But sometimes I see like Marvel <laughs> making the same mistakes in Star Wars that they do in Marvel Marvel. Uh, but one of the things I'm fairly mixed on, and I don't know what your guys' opinion is, is like the five issue miniseries, like Galaxy's Edge did it, Halcyon Legacy well. did it. Um, there's another one that did it as well. See, I there, there's, there's Galaxy's four. Edge. There's four, um, and I think two are really good, and two of them are not good. Um, Which is for context for people who don't understand what we're talking about. It's where they have like the the story that starts and ends each chapter, and then sort of like a random like spin-off an, story and the the an, an, anthology stories. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the ones that I think are really not good is Halcyon, Le- Halcyon Legacy. Um, again, there's a couple of those stories are actually okay, um, but generally it's all just seems pointless. And yeah, the, the style just doesn't land for me. Yeah, That's... not exactly. And the other one is Galaxy's Edge, which really surprised me because I was really looking forward to reading that because the two books that tie into Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire and Crash of Fate, I loved. And so I really wanted mm-hmm. more Galaxy's Edge content, but no, that comic series is rubbish. And when I say that, it's got Afro in it. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't um, work for me either. But the two that are really good is the Obi-Wan one. I thought that was really good. And yeah, I did like that one. The Yoda one, which is currently still running. Mm. Oh, see, I actually haven't had a chance to catch up with the Yoda one yet. It's really um, good. Really good. I genuinely didn't even know that it used that framing device. It does, yeah. I'm it's a bit longer. Glad it's 10 it's issues, better. but it's the same thing. Yeah, but uh, Halcyon Legacy really didn't work for me. And Galaxy's Edge, I wasn't a fan of. Um, but... I think because Star Wars is such a wide variety in their comics, there's room for them to do different things, and I'm sure some of these work better for some people than others. Um, yeah, but, I, I, I think Johnny likes Galaxy's Edge a fair yeah, bit. But I, I think it, it, as as much as I, I um, try to be positive all the time, uh, I can't really do a episode of talking about Star Wars comics without talking about the, the very few that I'm not a huge fan of either. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's gonna, people are going to love them, you know what I mean? But because comics are so expensive, it does, unless you've got Marvel Limited, 
which I do recommend everyone checks out, by the way. It's yeah. a great way to read the book. It's just an app. You can sign up for a week free trial, and it just has all of the Star Wars stuff up to three months ago, I think, on yes, there just, just to yeah. read. Just like to read over through the app. And it's not just Star Wars, it has everything Spider Man, everything Black Panther, you know. So I'd definitely check that out if you're thinking about getting into the comics. Yep. Yeah. And any of the stuff that we said we didn't like, read it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You can form your own opinion. You might end up loving it and we might be wrong. Um, but because we've been so horrible and toxic, we're going to go on to a nice positive question here. And I think we all have the exact same answer, so this will be fun. <laughs> what is your favourite overall canon Star Wars comic? On the count of three, let's oh, uh, say well, Darth Vader by Charles Should we just say you can't say that? <laughs> but, it, I mean, let, let's at least just talk about it for a couple of minutes. Okay. Because <laughs> I think we're all in agreement that that 25 issue run is absolutely phenomenal. It's perfect. Yeah. 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 I'd yeah. say it's essential. It's essential to read. It's as yeah. essential as the movies or the Clone Wars or Rebels. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. They should teach it yeah. in schools. <laughs> <laughs> they, they genuinely should. And, uh, John, did, did we not spend like three hours on a podcast once talking about that entire Darth Vader series? <sighs> yeah, I think so. So uh, yeah. there's a plug for you. Go listen to that. There's, there's, there's a plug. Right? <laughs> there's two parts to it where we did each each trade paperback or something. Anyway, that series is phenomenal. All the artwork's amazing. All the arcs are amazing. I think my... We'll just quickly fire it around. Favourite arc? Mine's the Vader's Castle one at the end. What, in that comic? In that twenty-five run, what's your favourite arc? I like the I like the opening arc with Vader getting his lightsaber. Is it called Imperial Machine or something? I think like the that? second one so. with the Inquisitors and stuff. That's the second arc, Ooh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. the one with um? Oh, what's the librarian called? I'm going to a blank. Jocasta New. Yeah, it's yeah. one with that. It's one with Chanacha. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good one. That is. Yeah. Oh, so we all had different answers. Nice. Poor, because poor it is it's the first one that you were talking about, mm. John, where he goes and kills uh, Fingui Boraf. What was what was his name? The Jedi. The, the guy you took. The guy you took the Barash Fowl. Oh, and uh, he hunts down and kills. A sick ponytail though, or like top knot. Yeah. 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 yeah He's yeah. been in some else since, hasn't he? I think. Yes. Yeah. Probably by Charles Saul. Yeah, um, but no, I abs- I'm absolutely addicted to that that final volume uh, with the the Darth the Vader's Castle storyline. Uh, I mean, I'm a bit obsessed with Vader's Castle anyway. It kind of comes in the title, but <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that that particular run with him trying to open up the the moment portal into the Force and everything. Uh, it's just yeah, phenomenal. So again, we say for like the third time in this episode, if anyone hasn't read that comic yet, please do because it's absolutely incredible and like i said you can you can read it on um marvel unlimited but you can there's four trade paperbacks you can get quite easily and it's still in print there's a hardcover omnibus that collects all 25 issues and it's beautiful and you can probably pick it up um on forbidden planet or amazon for about 50 60 quid for the omnibus yeah i've been trying to track one down actually when i say track one down i basically just asked it for my birthday so wednesday oh John, you, you missed it. The, the other day, Johnny said that he doesn't like omnibuses. <laughs> I mean, I will admit, it's a recent new obsession of mine. 
<laughs> I am happy to say that I own every single Star Wars omnibus apart from original Marvel Years Volume One because it's really expensive. You ever heard the story of like uh, this library that sank because they didn't take into account the weight of the books? You ever thought about yeah. that with your house? <laughs> well, do you know what? If you've ever picked up an omnibus, they're the heaviest things. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they actually so are heavy. Well, My got... shelf is like fouled. Yeah, with them on. Well, I've got a, oh, got a Spider-Man twenty ninety nine one I got recently, and I could generally oh, I beat someone that. to death with it. Oh, it's I want to get that huge. one. Huge, yeah. because I'm reading through um, Spider Verse at the moment. So, yeah, it's good. That. I would recommend. Nice. I mean, I um, so are we are we wanting here to to try and shout out at least a, a favourite overall comic that isn't Darth Vader? This, honest, there's one, honestly so many good ones. Um, it's hard to pick, isn't it? Yeah, because there's so many like good sort of mini series that we just haven't even mentioned. Mm. Like yeah. um, Princess Leia, that's a really great mini series. Uh, oh, yeah. Han Solo, yeah. where he's in that race, is mm. awesome. And you can get mm. that in an oversized hardcover as well. Um, in, and, and then you can, there's also another oversized hardcover which collects Lando mini series. Layer miniseries and the Chewbacca miniseries, and it's called uh, Heroes of a New Hope, I think. Oh, yeah, um, I like the Chewbacca one actually, yeah, it's quite nice. Well, that's got yeah. all art by Phil Nosnoto, hasn't he? He's a bit of like a genius, mm, um, yeah. so that one's really it's a really gorgeous one to look at. Um, yeah, but if I'm do you know what, I'd, I'd really like to shout out, Go which on. we mentioned briefly earlier, which I think alongside the Darth Vader stuff. Is probably one of my favourite and an absolute surprise was Charles Soule's Poe Dameron. Of course, I, Charles Soule's Poe Dameron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like it is actually a phenomenal. Is it thirty five issues in total? I think or it's thirty issues or something like I that. I think it's thirty. Yeah, but it's is really surprised me at how incredibly good that comic series is. Yeah, and how attached you get to um, Poe's crew. Some of the adventures they go on are really weird, with like the big eggs. Some of them are like proper, like resistance spy stuff. You really learn a lot more about Poe. You get a lot of great stuff with General Layer as well. It's um, got a really good and, and unique a villain as well. Comic. With Tarek. Yeah. Oh, Terex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's got um, um, Tarkin's ship that can go invisible, hasn't he? The Carrion Spike. Carrion Spike, yeah. Yes. You'll remember that yeah. from the Clone Wars for people that have only watched things. Um, it's the one that... <laughs> it's the... I imagine those people won't be listening no, to this listening podcast. To um, for the... <laughs> in case someone you know is listening to it and you're just walking past, this bit's for you. That episode from the Clone Wars <laughs> where Anakin is on that ship and it turns invisible, Tarkin commandeers that. Well, it's Tarkin at that point, isn't he? Because he's still good at that point, isn't he? Um, yep. And, and then... that ship ends up in the resistance time with a guy called Terex who's part of the Empire but he's kind of like a maverick. Not not the yeah. Empire, the First Order. First Order, yeah. yeah. No, that, yeah, that Poe Dameron comic is absolutely fantastic. And is there an omnibus? No, there needs to be though. There needs to be because I, I want it. I think um, it's the most wanted omnibus now. Yeah. Now that Star Wars Volume 2 has been fantastic. announced, mm, yeah. people want... Some people weirdly want the Darth Vader Greg Pak omnibus. Um, 
but it's, it's, it's that and it's Poe Dameron that people want. Oh yeah, well for me, Poe Dameron, I think that is probably my my surprise favorite comic. Uh, but it's Charles Soule again, which is uh, <laughs> classic me saying Charles Soule. I uh, I quite like Darth Vader, the Dark Visions little miniseries. You know? Oh, I haven't read oh, that yeah. yet. You know. I've, I've uh, got it, but I haven't read it. It's oh, good. It's, you know, it's good. Issues three. Yeah. Each one's a different one issue written by someone else. Like each got a different theme. Blah blah. blah. I like issue three the best because um, it's quirky. And as you haven't read it, Chris, I won't say more. But it's quirky. So I might read that tonight. Actually, then is that the one with the girl on the show? Yes, ship? it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's basically like exactly a hardcore porno, but with Jar Fader. Oh, <laughs> where's my comic? <laughs> um. uh, and I think is it the first issue of that where Vader's on the horse mm-hmm. with the shield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. It's dope. It is really dope, Chris. Yeah. Uh, you should definitely read it. Yeah. Bu- I still I've haven't read the red, white, and black one. That new one yet. Uh, it's weird. I've got, I've got the issue, first issue. I have a like a variant cover that I. have pre-ordered forgot about it it showed up and I'm not was that really... that holographic one turns out no it turns out it wasn't actually holographic that was oh. uh, that was me being an idiot but um... no I, I i know your confusion there it's the <laughs> unknown comics variant yeah it's the one with vader's smashed helmet and you can see anakin underneath right yeah yeah uh, it's it comes with a holographic art card yeah no it when did, you yeah, order yeah, it yeah, yeah. so that's it. what it is yeah i've got I... three of those art cards yeah, because I got I the guy was he was making a sale on you, John, at celebration. Yeah, I've got two. I've got one there. I got one that came with it because I got a Venom cover at celebration. I don't know why I bought a Venom cover at Star Wars Celebration, but mate, I saw someone buy a Venom cover at that unknown comics booth. I mean, maybe it was John. I think he probably only sold the one that was probably to me. So. <laughs> yeah, I was standing next to you, I think, and I was buying. You know, they had those three for 10 quid at the High Republic Adventures. Yeah, I actually oh, specifically yeah. remember the person next to me buying them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, then. There you go, you technically met. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I bought them and I was asking about, um, I was trying to collect the individual issues for the Temple of Monster Peak. Monster yeah. Temple Peak. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, do you have issue three? And then the person next to me who bought that was like, Oh, what's this? And I told them about it. And that might have been you, I'm not sure, but Yeah, uh, no, uh, yeah, I specifically yeah, I was like, What is it all this? And you explained it all. <laughs> that, that was me. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, this is crazy. Because oh. <laughs> I, I was explaining because... High Public Adventures and I was like, Oh, there's Marching Rose first appearance in issue two and yeah, mate. <laughs> that's that's really funny. because what's quite funny is Chris when when we met, um John was actually there, mm-hmm. but without throwing him in the doghouse for for whatever particular reason, he could not get to us. Uh, and when it's not doghouse isn't the right word. Jail is probably the, <laughs> the correct word. I know what I'm going to tell you. I I I I got in right. So I bought tickets to the celebration for the Friday and Sunday, and yep. I was staying at my mate's house in London with Dan, and. Met my girlfriend on Saturday. Didn't really have much to do in London because I wanted to go to the National History Museum. But like a Muppet, I didn't book a ticket. I thought you'd just show up. So we got there, couldn't get in. I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So I was like, oh, you know what? Yesterday at celebration, they didn't check anyone's tickets. 
when we went in. Should we just rock up? So I just walked in with my girlfriend. Did you get in? Yeah, we just walked in. <laughs> but yeah, because I I was there, I was there with our friend Jack, who we did have the Saturday tickets. We went to the big Horror Public panel, and then we came out the Horror Public panel to get our signal again. And then John was like, oh, "I'm here, lads," <laughs> and then we just found him. But I couldn't so you, get. So you, you couldn't come outside to the no, uh, no. Public meetup because you want me out to get back in again. No, they wouldn't even let me yeah, out. Basically. They wouldn't even let me out to the stairs because I didn't have a pass with me. And I said, I said to the woman, I got a bit like. I had a bit of a tone to my voice. I don't know why, because I was obviously in the wrong. But I was like, oh, well, I'm just leaving. Why do I need a pass? And she was like, oh, no, because this is like the general area, general public area. And I was like, but I've just been in here all day. Like, why do I need a pass to get outside? <laughs> so she, oh, had, she, she genuinely wouldn't let me leave because I didn't have a pass to get in. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame, man, because you missed the best part of the weekend. Yeah. yeah, if anyone from Celebration is listening, that's your fault for having terrible security. <laughs> to be fair, the next day, they were proper cracking down on the passes. Yeah, yeah it must have been you, John. Yeah, on the radio, they talking about some scallywag, some scoundrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buying Venom comics. And... <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking out with Marvel stuff inside a Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. So, I spent so much money on comics with that booth, bro. Because we came out of the High Republic panel and they'd just announced Vanessa Rowe was going to be in the Acolyte. Mm. And I walked out, went straight to the Unknown Comics booth, and right there was that variant cover of Vanessa Rowe, where it's her first ever cover appearance. Yeah. And it was, oh, so you thought that's money right there. It was £9.95. And I picked it up and the guy was like, everyone's just been buying this in the last 20 minutes. I have no idea why. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, mate. So I'll, don't know. One, please. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll get that for a second. Sell tenner. me this, and then double double your price, mate. <laughs> next next day, I went back and then whacked up thirty quid. Was <laughs> I actually just just because you mentioned that, and we're coming up to the end of the episode, I just want to quickly. This is not a Star Wars mention, but I recently was just going through my my single issue comic collection. I've got loads and loads of Marvel stuff, and. I've got an issue of Invincible Iron Man from 2015, which is worth like 150 quid now because it was the first appearance of Riri Williams. And obviously she's got her, the Ironheart TV show oh, coming yeah, up right. now. So I'm like sitting with this thing, like looking at it. And then I was like, well, this is money. That's <laughs> so, funny. so that's going to be, that's going to be you in a couple years with that Venestra one when the Acolyte comes oh, out. Yeah. Well, I do have the first appearance of Sinus Tharos as well. Because that is only, it's Darth Vader issue, no it's not, it's Star Wars issue 4. And it's, oh, is that when she's like, I'm your husband, or your wife? Yeah, and it, that isn't anything, yeah. but Star Wars is going to blow up. Mm. Yep. There's no way she isn't featured in the show, she's got her own mini-series now, do you know what I mean? First appearance of Aphra, when was that? First appearance of Aphra is Darth Vader issue 3, and that is the most valuable uh, canon comic issue. That's crazy. It's worth a good few hundred quid. Yeah. Because it's Afro and Afro's the best. Mm. Well, the first appearance of Black Chrysanthemum crept up in price as well. Um, which is. Is that like Star Wars something? It's a couple of issues Peter after. It's Down like Star Wars like issue seven or something. It's the one where he fights Obi Wan, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Journals of Obi Wan. Yeah. That storyline. Yeah. yeah. So it's like issue seven, I think it is. Yeah. That was a good little run, that one. Yeah, well, I, I I didn't read it as a collective. I read it 
because I read the original Star Wars things, I think, on Marvel Limited, and it's just, it's not, it's not its own run, is it? It's just they're peppered throughout Jason Aaron's Star Wars run. Mm. Yeah, and then they collected it later on, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To tie in for the Obi-Wan show. Right, I think we should probably wrap up because we have been going for an hour and a half, and that's probably the sweet spot in terms of uh, podcast length. Uh, so that was a that was a really fun discussion. I enjoyed that. Yeah, man. Uh, if you've been listening along and you've been thinking about your answers to some of these various questions that we've got, feel free to message us at the SWBC podcast instagram and let us know what some of your favorite comics are and genuinely i don't i genuinely don't mean this as a joke at all if there are some greg pack darth vader fans out there please let us know because like it would be good to hear some positive stuff about it because we've just been quite negative so if there's people out there who really love those comics and you're listening to this right now let us know on instagram and and greg pack if you're listening we apologize um but it's your own fault for rock monsters and star wars cheers And on that note, <laughs> we will wrap things up. Uh, so firstly, we've had John Lee with us. John, I mean, do you want people to find you? No, they can find you. And uh, you can be my PA for this. I mean, you'll find us both at the same place. So Yes, good. yeah, yeah. So so John is like a, a shadow operative on the At Vader's Castle Library account because it used to be the Live from Vader's Castle account. And uh, me and John obviously podcast together for a good year. So you can find John there as well as me. He just, he's not as avid a reader as I am because he's uh, hes lazy. <laughs> uh, I'm dyslexic, so I will be suing. <laughs> Egg on your face, Dan. Feel bad now. But Chris, you can tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, as always, SW Book Collector on Instagram. Um, fan for Tracks, I wrote for them as my own name, Chris Davis. So if you Google chris davis you'll find me <laughs> and some politicians weirdly um <laughs> send the abuse to the right person <laughs> um, but yeah. also um I, I am the admin of the non-toxic star wars fan base on on facebook you'll be getting kicked out of it now yeah I know, right yeah um, because that's just it you, you can have opinions you can not like something you just can't tell someone else that they're wrong for liking something yes. that, that's yeah, that's absolutely. the difference Amen. between with, with opinions and toxicity you know um, if you love Greg Greg Pack's Vader, then you know fair play. I disagree with you, but fair play. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you can join that group. It's got eighty one thousand members. You can find it on Facebook. You know how are there eighty one thousand non toxic Star Wars fans? It's actually like they were all they were all at celebration, John. That's <laughs> the ad, the admin. Yeah, they were the admin and mods at that place. They worked so hard. It genuinely is non toxic. Wow. Awesome. I myself onto that, didn't I? Yeah, non Star Wars fan base. Oh. You have to answer some questions to join, but once you're in, it's a great place to be. <laughs> the, first, the first question they ask you is, what's your opinion of The Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it, it kind, it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, but they are kind of like, what do you think of the sequels? Because that's, that's, you don't have to like the sequels, but how you answer that genuinely answers the question of you're toxic or not. Yeah, yeah it's usually how you get them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if you were like, I don't like them, but you know, um, I fair play to anyone who does, they'll they'll let you in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's one of them. What's your favorite Star Wars character? And if they put Star Killer, they instantly <laughs> yeah. If it's Revan, if it's Revan or Star Killer, then you're out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. And with that, we shall finally wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for, for listening to the SWBC main show. This is possibly the third or fourth episode still to be undecided, but we talked about comics for the last hour and a half, and I hope you have enjoyed. Thank you very much for listening, and may the force be with you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.